0: Welcome to Talk Design. I'm Adrian Ramsey, and with the Architects Marketing Institute, I'm going to bring you 12 special editions. These 12 editions, the architects who are presenting their homes on the Austin AIA Homes Tour. They're all very inspiring, and there's some secret special tips that you'll get towards the end of each podcast. I hope you're as inspired as I am. My guest today on Talk Design is Camille and Ada and their home is the solarium home on the Austin Homes Tour. So this is the AIA Austin Homes Tour, which will be held on the 16th, 17th, I think it is of October. And it's the most fantastic homes tours in America. I've been to many and uh, this will be my sixth homes tour. Um, experience, but this will be the first time I'll do this experience from Australia. I won't be there and neither will, they will be there, but they won't be in the homes. And it's really special because we get to linger. We don't have to fight with 5,000 other people to look at at the home and we can take our time. And also if you've bought a VIP ticket, you can come to some parties and stuff that are online. It's going to be pretty fabulous. So Ladies, thank you for being on Talk Design, really appreciate your time. And I'm excited about this house, this um, craftsman style house with this modern back, like the the back area of it. Um, Tell me first of all, a little bit about yourselves and how you came together to work together. What was that?
1: Uh, Well, thank you so much for having us here. We're very excited to be here. So the way that Camille and I uh, started our firm was that we're actually neighbors, and about seven years ago, I had started my own firm uh, pretty recently, and Camille had hers for about 10 years, um, and I reached out to her because uh, I knew how to do the architecture, but I felt like I didn't know how to do anything else. <laughs> I didn't know how to run a business. So um, she had recently moved back home uh, after having had an office and employees, Um, And she was craving some some other person to balance ideas uh, with. So we started getting together uh, and talking and we quickly moved into uh, having our own space and our own office. Um, And we realized over working next to each other that there was a lot of benefit to uh, working together. We realized we had very similar design sensitivities, but very different skill sets. So uh, that's how Joe Carell started.
0: So tell me about those different skill sets. Like who, who's who's who in this relationship?
1: Camille <laughs> is the big picture person and I am the details person. And that, that kind of summarizes it. Anyway, it gets applied to many different parts of, of our project. So you.
0: Same, in, same in business. Uh, um, Camille, are you the one in business that says, okay, here's where we're headed and... Etta, are you the one who goes, yep, this is the details we'll need to get there? Is that?
1: Yeah, kind of. like, I know. Like is realize what that projects, like what, what do we want to be doing? What's our strategy? And I execute most of the time.
2: She's much better at the execution stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think that's um my relationship with my wife is um I'm like, yeah, this is a great idea. Yeah, well, we can do this and this and this, and then I wait for her to execute it. Well she tell me <laughs> that anyway. <laughs> or then I wait for her to tell me it's not executed yet. Okay, that means to <laughs> <laughs> identify
1: all the problems with the execution.
0: That's wonderful. Absolutely. I prefer not to try and find all those problems. So with the home um the solarium there's some really cool things about this house as you said before it's craftsman style on the outside and um that was something that was needed to be retained in the project and clearly why wouldn't you it's a beautiful style um but then the owner you were telling me has some very specifics about how he wants to live with this house so can you tell me a little bit about that and your design philosophy and how your design philosophy and how it relates to this house. So you two, as a team, what's your design philosophy and then with this home, how you applied that to it and working with a very precise client.
2: Yes. Um, our, our design philosophy has a lot to do with the craft and the detail of things. So, um, We spend a lot of time getting to know clients, getting to know the very specific things about what they need in a project, and then we work all the way through from the bigger picture down to the nitty-gritty details. So this project ended up being a really great case study for that. It was one of the first projects that we took on as a team once we created Joe Corral Architects, and the client was actually a friend of mine that I have known for probably 15 years. He came to me and said... You know the house that I love, that great little craftsman in the historic neighborhood in Clarksville? Um, I love it, but it's really dark, and I want to do more entertaining, and it has this little back patio that kind of has a weird awning on it, and it's just not doing the trick. I need a space. It needs to do a lot of things. It has to be there for entertaining. Um, It needs to be something that's sort of a counterbalance to the the dark, uh, introverted nature of a craftsman-style house. Um, But he loved the fact that it was meticulously put together, and that every detail was considered. So when we started looking at what to do uh, for a solution for this project, um, it needed to serve a lot of design criteria. (laughs) <laughs> so it's basically one room that's the thing about this project is it's one room we've left the craftsman as is with the exception of a couple of spaces on the interior which we've come back and and helped him with since completing the solarium
0: so uh, but with, room. with with the craftsman you say that you left it pretty much as is um was it in great shape was it something that um it didn't need a lot of tidying or a lot of like fixing to get it to be I mean you 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 put this brand new shiny meticulously detailed um new piece to the house and then you know you don't work walk out by the photos you don't walk out of a shack into this new piece you walk out of something that looks really good how much work did you have to do there some of the rooms we didn't do anything to
1: but I will say that um, the original intent was to not do absolutely anything to the house. Um, and he had taken really good care of the house. So it was in good shape. But as soon as the solarium started coming together, there were some things that became clear that had to be addressed, right? So, um, and I, I hope we'll show some before and after pictures for the tour, but you know, the, the whole front of the house looks completely different, even though we didn't do any physical changes to it, right? It was just cleaning things up and paint and the landscaping. Um, and those those little things make a huge difference in how it oh, looks. Yeah. Just having colors that coordinate with the solarium and they're brighter and lighter. It uh, used to be like a, a putty color with red brick and that was clashing very much with the solarium.
0: Yeah, this was something that, like, it looks seamless now. It, I mean, it, it, it's like you see a lot in London. You know, you have a Georgian or you have a Victorian, and then all of a sudden out the back is blown out into something modern, and it has that sensibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but then knowing that the um, front of it at one point didn't match that, was my that was my real question with it, was like, how... Yeah, it took some doing, but the landscaping as well was really key to that, isn't it? Like it, yeah. it brings one picture into the other. Okay, sorry for interrupting. Now go back to what you were telling me about the, the home and your philosophy with it.
2: Sure. So um, we need to create this room. And I will say also it's a very limited site. He had built out almost uh, the maximum capacity for the site under the zoning regulations of the neighborhood. So we had room for one room. It had to do a lot of things, so it is. Um, it's set up to be the counterpiece or the counterpart to the craftsman that has the darker, more introverted feel to it. This thing is very extroverted, so it's a it's a, a smaller space. It's not very high. It's got eight foot ceilings, but all of the walls. It's got three exterior walls on it, and all of those walls open up to some degree. Two of them completely open up. You remove the walls, they fold back, and you are open air. The third wall is glass, and it has a big fireplace in the front of it. But it's it's got a lot of glass, and it's got a great visual connection to all of the greenery that's around it. So it's heavily planted and sort of ensconced in the landscape so that you see that green from everywhere you are in that space. Yeah, cool. Then, because we're in Texas, we had to figure out how to make this space serve indoor and outdoor and not mildew your house or bring all the bugs in or create any of these other conditions that you often have in a non-perfect climate
0: especially around austin yeah yeah, get yeah. humidity yeah
2: so you can you can seal the, off the rest of the house and have the air conditioning system unaffected you open up this space and that is zoned separately so that you can turn that one off and you're not blowing your air conditioning out into the, cool. into the space and then all of the surfaces in this building are all exterior materials so that we can, it, it can literally open and behave the same way an exterior space would without damaging any interior materials.
1: So, how did you
0: transition between your craftsman floors and your um, new floors?
1: Steel, steel salts everything. <laughs>
0: That's our philosophy.
1: <laughs> now, we do we have a lot of steel components to this building, so it's very intentional. Every time we have, the old and the new touching, there is a piece of steel that divides it. So it happens horizontally uh, at the floor level. It also happens vertically around all the thresholds and all the door openings where new is touching old. So later on, we went in and did the bathroom on the interior and we finished it the same way. There, the, the floor and all the door openings are lined with steel.
0: So, so as, a, a, as a tip for people who are going on the tour, Um, look for these steel thresholds this is something really fantastic and beautifully beautifully done and then look for where those details keep showing up where they repeat themselves throughout the project um I've seen photos of these pieces and yeah the craftsmanship is just beautiful and especially um the door to the and I don't know how they're going to show this in the tour but the door that goes into the bathroom you were saying mm-hmm. before, it's a, a glass and steel door. Yes. Um, and it transitions between the craftsman sort of style and then the modernist, modern style of the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about um, the path down the side of the house and, and why that was important and what you did to make it feel inclusive. Okay. Um, well... Because this is positioned on the back of the
2: house, which works for two reasons, right? One is it opens up to the big open backyard space. The other is that it tucks in behind that historic looking house in the front and blends better with the fabric of the historic neighborhood. We let it peep out from behind the house so that you can see it from the front in the distance. And what we created was an entry arbor along the side. So the zoning where we live um, provide, you cannot build in a strip down the sides of the property it's you know there for yep. fire code mostly um but because we were so cramped for space on this site we decided to put the pathway along that edge and then give us a nice green screen between uh the neighbors and In the glass pavilion, so you're not looking at your neighbors, and then bring the people from the front all the way up the side, and they enter the house through the back side of the pavilion on the on the back porch of the pavilion. And so this allows you to enter in for one of the requirements of the space, which is that it's somewhat of a party pavilion. It's where he hosts his friends. There aren't any spaces big enough inside the craftsman to have more than one or two people sitting around Ah, the coffee table. So that's part of why this thing opens up like this. So everyone can kind of spill out into the yard, and I think the original intent was he needed a place for crawfish boils.
1: Mm-hmm. But and it's also what's interesting is that it can work in these party setting, but it can also work very well just for him, right? When he closes sure. it off, it becomes an intimate space, and it's very comfortable in both settings.
0: Um, that's awesome. What was the crawfish thing there? What was that? Oh, do you guys not have
2: crawfish boils where you are? We have. Uh, it's it's done in Louisiana. You throw a bunch of crawfish yeah. in the pot with potatoes and corn, and it's you throw it out on the table. It's very
0: messy. You have to be able to hose things off afterwards. But it's. And Therefore, it's the perfect space because you've—it's an indoor-outdoor space, yes—and you can just hose it down. What did you do with water thresholds? So, like I know it gets rainy in Austin, um, and when it rains, it usually rains a lot, um, and your Texas floods. Um, what did you do for like water thresholds between the what would be an indoor room and an outdoor um, room and the original house? I know you said steel solves everything, so yeah. tell me the
1: steel. Well, um, so there's two thresholds here, right? There's a threshold at the actual solarium between interior and exterior. And that one is all the same floor, the uh, bottom frame of the slider or the folding door is uh, below the tile and it has a drainage system underneath. Um, uh, we also protected that with a large overhang, so that there's very little rain already getting to it, but in the event of a massive rain, it would, uh, it would drain. Um, and then we added another slider, which is, it's a lift and slide slider that is happening between the solarium and the interior of the space. Um, but water wasn't really a concern there because it's already, um, completely protected by the solarium.
0: Oh, Cool. cool okay it's one of those things that um you know, when people are trying to execute things like this there's got to be beautiful elegant solutions when you're doing architecture like this level um there are a lot of
1: conversations about that threshold <laughs> <laughs> and we and day we worked with a really great contractor here and he's just one of those contractors that is we just sit around the table and sketch solutions and think about it a hundred different ways until we figure awesome. out the way that's going to work better and look better
0: yeah yeah well that's the team thing isn't it there's the team like knowing that you've got the contractor that um can help you work the solution that's buildable and code accessible as well as like works for the client and everybody else that's awesome um you were saying something earlier about cat friends like you know the cat and the hat visits um Tell me about that and tell me, tell people where they will find these little details when they're on tour.
1: So uh, our client used to have a lot of cats, and unfortunately they all died before we started the solarium. But he's always thought about potentially getting another cat. It's a very serious decision for him. But in the meantime, he just opens up his house for potential cats uh, to come visit. Um, and so there's this very special little cubby uh, for the cat with a custom-designed steel door, steel again. Um, on, the, on the inside of the solarium, there is a piece that carries all the way through, which is it's a concrete bench that ties into the fireplace. And the bench has different cubbies for storing books and blankets, and then it has an area for storing wood uh, for the fireplace, and it also has the cat door integrated into that. It has its own light, and it's the steel um, platform that opens up and it becomes a ramp for the cats to come
0: in so it drops down
1: it drops down yes
0: did he end up with any cat perches you know like cats like to perch up on things did you end up having to integrate any of them
2: we didn't do that on this project but we do have another project where that was a huge part of the program discussion (laughs) 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 pathways in different places It's part of the yeah. residential architecture is, is getting into yeah. those details that a client wants that nobody else is going to want.
1: We've done a lot of interesting things for animals in our <laughs> projects.
0: It's yeah, Don't they say never work with children and animals? Yeah, <laughs> 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 Maybe that's in the movies. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those fascinating things that to understand a client and to become you know, again, in the team, in, the, in the, um, the depth of understanding and what makes it special. I love those little fun things that uh, you would miss otherwise. Those are the stories that are so important that uh, the nuances that when you work with somebody um, that you get to add and that's what makes it their home as opposed to a home. And it ties um, so much interest to everything um that it's yeah it's just so valuable i love it um any other quirky cool little details like that i love i love also the we'll talk about the bathroom with the skylight as well but tell me this tell me some other quirky little details
2: okay i'll I'll talk to you a little bit about the fireplace and um yeah if you come to the tour we will be showing a lot of detailed pictures of this it is a very clean, simple fireplace that is wrapped in steel banding that lands on top of this concrete bench that Otto was talking about. And it has a a little modest fireplace, wood-burning fireplace in it with firewood storage underneath it. And uh, because of the meticulous nature of our client, we were always talking about, well, you know, what happens when you build a fire? Do you need to have a screen? Do all fireplaces need to have screens? Well, if this one has a screen and it's off the ground, what do we do with the screen? So we devised a little system together with the contractor this was another one of those moments where it was very collaborative but we uh, had a a, a steel screen fabricated out of um, a steel plate with a pattern that's water jet cut out of it Uh and it retracts behind the wall that is above the fireplace opening and the way that you get it to come back down is you gently pull it down and it is attached to a pulley system that comes out the side of the fireplace, goes over the pulley, which was uh, fabricated by the contractor. And then the pulley comes down and uh, we did a lot of testing and calculating on the counterweight. So it has a counterweight, a steel counterweight, that's filled with concrete, um, that, that rests close to the ground by the pulley. But you can't have that right next to a glass window so there's also another piece <laughs> <that> <laughs> the, the, the counterweight is is a very it's a vertical cylinder and
0: the
2: it has oh, yeah. a whole thing that keeps it uh, like a little
0: yep. for it so it slides like yeah, yeah like a long tube in a keeper. It
1: prevents yep. it from hitting the keeper
0: yes yep.
2: because um we didn't want anyone getting out of hand at a, cra- at a crawfish boil and <laughs> banging against the counterweight and knocking out any plate glass anywhere yeah Um, but but it's a really nice detail and
1: um it's a very human detail right it's one of those things that that you touch and operate and you see the way it moves and the way it works
0: how awesome that's so cool so you that's well shown in the tour It is. i love that i love that well what a fabulous home what a really special place to have on the tour. I mean, I know the guys at the AIA are very careful about how they choose everything, but what lovely detailing. And I think the sense of volumes would be the thing that, um, to, to try and take a minute when you're on the tour to, essentially, you've got this eight-foot ceiling outside and then you've got like a craftsman inside and the, the sense of volumes and light are going to be the big pieces that change. Tell me quickly about the bathroom um, and what you did there.
1: So there's actually two bathrooms that we did here. Uh, the first one was that as we were completing the solarium, the client realized that it would be really great if his guests didn't have to go inside the house uh, to go use mm-hmm. his own bathroom because his bathroom was his master bathroom. Um, so he asked if there was anything that we could do because so we knew we were maxed out in impervious coverage, uh, which is um, a requirement that we have from the city. Uh, where only 45% of the site can be covered. So we had to get really creative, and we had a stair that goes to the second-story apartment in the back of the house, um, and we were able to fit a tiny little bathroom under the stair, so we were able to add the square footage without increasing any of the covered part uh, of the site. And we designed the bathroom with the same um, materials and and system as the solarium with the steel frame and, and the glass. Um, of course, this glass is frosted because uh, it's a bathroom oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Ideally. It's really an interesting vocabulary. And it was such a little thing, but it really added a lot of functionality to the, to the solarium. And it kind of completed that space as a true outdoor, completely independent, entertaining space for the house. And the other bathroom that we did was the inside. Um, This is one of the few parts of the house that we touched of the original craftsman. And it it was a bathroom that had no windows. It had this large skylight, but the entire uh, ceiling uh, was following the angle of the roof. So it was very awkward to go inside there. It felt really impersonal, very tall uh, and skinny. It was a very small bathroom. So we completely remodeled it um, on the inside and reconfigured it. And um, we had a lot of conversations about how to integrate the old and the new. Um, And in a way, this bathroom... Follows the same principles of the solarium. It's really bright and really light and airy compared to the craftsman that's around it. Yeah. Um, so when you with, you transition through that steel threshold, it really feels like you're in a different universe in there.
0: Uh, I love the bathroom. It's, it looks beautiful. Is it got a terrazzo floor?
1: It's a um, Carrara marble. Oh, um, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah it looks it looks fantastic its um and and as you say, like it actually pops a a piece of the solarium into internally into the mm-hmm. house it's got the same yeah. sensibilities yeah. well, ladies, I really appreciate that um been fabulous talking to you. And I can't wait to actually spend some time in the house. I'm going to have a couple of uh, Zoom parties with different friends from around the world who are all going to Zoom in and we're going to talk about different parts of what's going on um, on the tour, since we can't be there. um, And I will be at the parties as well, but they're odd hours for me, you know, I'll be three in the morning or something. (laughs) I'll still do it, you know, I can't miss a party. Um, And I look forward to meeting you when I'm in Austin next, which hopefully will be next year. um, Unless you're going to the Texas Society of uh, Architects Conference in um, Montana. Are you headed to that? If you're headed to that um, next year, I'm sort of planning on maybe going. We go. We go to the
1: TXA convention every
0: year. Yeah, right. Cool. So um, I want to thank you again. Beautiful work. And lovely, lovely to meet you. And I'm looking forward to seeing some more of your projects. Thank you. Thank you. This has been really fun. We look forward to it. Awesome. I will let you know when everything's published and we'll have all your socials and stuff, and people will be able to get hold of you that way as well. But everything should be published in the next couple of weeks. Well, it will be before the tour, regardless.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Take care and have a beautiful day.
1: Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you again.
0: Cheers. Bye. Bye.
3: Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, If it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being... Pressure on fees. I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it, and it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up, and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch- chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone, and then they went to reach out, and then you you pulled it away, and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design take your magic arrow and fire at will